This is Surfing Corporate, the podcast that helps you navigate tricky corporate waters. I'm Eileen Mercier. And I'm Glenda Packadens. Today we talk about a department that isn't always an employee favorite, HR. Recent studies show that around 70% of employees do not trust human resources. So we wanted to have an honest conversation with an HR leader. We talk with Jenny Mohammed, a human resources director who's worked for big corporations in industries such as food, credit cards, media, and banking. And we ask her some challenging questions. The famous PIPs, performance improvement, improvement plans. plans. Um, are they really performance improvement plans or just a legal tool to get rid of people? <laughs> If you are ever put on a performance improvement plan, it could be for several reasons. And we explore what drives people to join a human resources department. To do what you guys do in HR, you have to have a really particular outlook on life and see the world as really trying to help people. Or you can be a person who just enjoys firing people and destroying their lives. There's, oh there's also... <laughs> okay, so let's unpack that a little. <laughs> Stick around to learn the do's and don'ts when you ask for a promotion or interview for a job. You don't have to be like, I remember that the organization was created in 1973. <laughs> that just shows that you can read a website. And, and also hear from an HR perspective what types of behavior can be, as Jenny calls them, career limiting. <laughs> This is episode three of Serving Corporate. Jenny, so yes. nice to have you here at Serving Corporate. Can we, can we say your full name or no? Or, sure. Okay. Yeah. No witness protection program. Okay. No, no, for Mohammed. <laughs> Mohammed, is that okay? That's correct. Okay. We are very excited to have an HR person here because HR is like the black box. Like there's so much that goes on behind HR doors. And because <laughs> HR really touches everything. And there's no matter who you are in a company, what position you're in, you have some sort of connection with HR, whether it's signing, you know, your first thing on the first day or everything, onboarding yeah. process, the e-learnings, the performance reviews, like HR is on your back all the time to get stuff done. That's oh, true. Yeah. On your back. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you how I really feel. <laughs> I mean, no. went right for it. Everybody has to deal with HR and HR. It has to deal with everybody. So it's like no walk in the park for each We like either. to say it's the employee life cycle. Oh, yeah. Okay. So oh. it's the full from the beginning, very beginning, all the way until you are exit yourself or you're exited, right? Ex yeah, exited. So let's, let's go with exit. I am going to so enjoy hearing Jenny's <laughs> beautiful way of describing kind of icky HR thing. I, I like this. I like this. So HR accompanies an employee throughout their entire life cycle, life cycle at the company. Say it real sexy. Okay. Life cycle. Life cycle. <laughs> okay. So um, I, I can see I'm going to enjoy this conversation. So can you tell us how long you've been in corporate and how, how much of that has been in HR? Yeah. So the entire time that I've been an adult, I have been working um, in HR and that's been since 2008. Wow. Okay. So it's been a long time. And even when I was in grad school, I would say I touched a lot of HR. Um, oh, that just, sounds inappropriate, Jenny. I'm just saying, <laughs> coming from an HR person, I'm just going to stop together. you right there. I touched nothing inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> All consents. Um, but yeah, since I, I, started my career, my, my journey, it's been all in HR and I can go a little bit into the history of how did Jenny get into HR? Yes. Yes, please. Because it's, I, I, I love the story. My dad hates HR. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, let me do exactly what my dad hates. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he says HR is, you know, they're, they're HR, that stigma that HR has. And I was like, 
hmm, I will challenge you, dad, and show you that you can love me, right? <laughs> being being HR. So I remember from when I was a teenager, even younger, I think I was probably 11 or so, my dad has worked or had worked until last year in the same exact company for 35 or so wow. years. So he's one of those that are like- Lifers. Lifers, exactly. It's words out of my mouth. So he has managed people. He hates doing performance reviews. There's nothing that he hates more than that. So do I. I mean, I like your dad. Yeah, <laughs> I like your dad. <laughs> so in his hatred, I would be like, hey dad, what you doing, right? And he's like, goddamn performance reviews. And I'm like, okay, well tell me more. Me, 11, 12, not knowing anything about anything. What's a performance review? What are you talking about? He had about five or six direct reports, wrote them all copy paste tweak. Right. And I'm like, I don't think that feels right. Dad, just even from, again, me not knowing anything. I was like, yeah. um, you're funding it in. Dad. <laughs> no. And it gets better because I feel like I became a junior coach very early on. And I'm like, let's work through this. How do you make it more impactful? Because if you're just doing it for doing it, yeah. it's not going to mean anything. I think that's when it really started. Wow. And I was like, that's I think really impressive. I kind of knew like this was my direction. Um, and then I went to University of Florida for psychology. I went to FIU, Florida International University for, uh, for IO psychology, industrial organizational psychology. So that's like the nerdiness behind yeah. HR. And then I started my journey there because in undergrad, I was like, okay, a psych degree. Again, I could do experiments on animals. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I did. Okay. I hook. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I can we go need into to unpack it. that for a second. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's go back. How, how did A lead to B on this? Let, let me bridge that. So, um, in, in undergrad with a psych degree, there's many different venues you can go. You could do counseling. You could do behavioral analysis. You could do animal psychology, apparently. Oh, um, so I, I dabbled in a little day. bit of everything. Picture this 20 year old Jenny. Um, we're trying to see a pecking uh, from pigeons to see if you inject them with a certain type of medicine, how much faster they peck. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, not for me. What? It was, and it smelled really bad pigeons. <laughs> um, so I was like, I need to do better <laughs> away from pigeons. So then I went into the IO psychology space and I loved it. And then after that, I got my first internship. I started working in the talent development performance management area. Duh, thanks dad, uh -huh. right? So um, went into that and did that a couple years, started training, facilitation, built management trainee programs. I mean, it was awesome. And then I just kept going in all things HR, performance management, talent development, again, training, did a little bit of HR generalist work as well, org design. What does that entail? So HR generalist. HR generalist work is essentially a little bit of everything. You're a master of None, <laughs> jack of all trades, master yeah. of none, but you're a little bit of everything. You're pulled in many different directions. Hey, we, we need an employer relations kind of discussion to happen. Go do that. Hey, Jenny, you're going to manage these two teams in terms of being their HR business partner. Mm -hmm. Go do that. Have the conversations with leadership. And How about the conversations with like the crazy coworkers? Who does that? HR generalists. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Not to say the centers of excellence are not pulled in. <laughs> But it's funny that, that you're breaking it down that way because HR is so broad. Can you break it down for us? I mean, in a very simple way, because I know that we can get into the weeds very quickly on it. Yeah. Um, but if you can explain it so we all know sort of the basis of what we're starting from within HR as a, as a part, a really important part of an organization. Sure. So the simplest way I could break it down in, in two buckets. So there's the COE Center of Excellence. 
That's generally things like um, compensation and benefits, talent acquisition, performance management, learning and development. So that seems a kind of nice part of HR. That is my jam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I have grown um, and done most of my, my career in okay. that COE space. People see HR as one. Yeah. So people will come to you working in the COE capacity, very specialized mm-hmm. talent development, talent management. And people would be like, Jenny, do you have 15 minutes? Sure. Can we just go into a conference room? Yeah. What are you being so weird about? So, <laughs> so we go into the conference room. And he's like, I really got to tell you about this situation. And I was like, okay, no problem. Like I got my little pad out, you know, listen, someone keeps stealing my lunch. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so it's things like that, that you're just like, okay, let's, let's, let's solve it. You know, because what else can you do? They see you as someone yeah. who can solve help them. Yeah. So you assume all, all the positions, you know? Yeah. Cause they, to me, it was like mind blowing how, many different things an HR person does like on a daily, daily basis totally. are pulled into a hundred different directions. And yeah, H- HR has a stigma, right? It has, a, it has a bad rep, but at the same time, when you understand all the different things that they have to cover and deal with and psychologically, all the things like everybody goes to HR to dump, you know, many, many times. So you're like picking up all of this emotional energy. Yes. On a day-to-day basis. And you're also supposed to, and expected to just like smile, be, you know, you have to be on the top of your game. You're objective. Like you're calm and put together. Super professional. Totally. Polished. Yeah. So do you go and scream in the bathroom a lot or how does it work? You know, I, I think I've maybe cried at work in my entire career twice, which is pretty good. It's That's pretty great. Good. That's I've cried great record. 10 times more than that and I have nothing to do with HR. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, work is work and it's exhausting. And it's, yes, in HR, you do get dumped on a lot and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to take. But at the same time, you know, you're making a difference. Mm-hmm. You're having an impact, even if it's something as small as someone stealing my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Another thing could be, hey, I am not getting promoted. Help me. Hey, my manager is not seeing how hard I work help me. So you become a coach. And I would say in HR, that's probably my favorite part is, is the problem solving is the coaching. It's helping people realize our potential. I feel like that sounds like a rehearse line. I swear it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I also think that there's that, what you just said is really important, but it's also tied to culture of the company. In your case, what you just described is like best case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. That people actually felt safe enough to be able to be open and honest with you. But in a lot of organizations, that's not the case. People feel that they can't go to HR. Why why do you think that is? So I think it's because HR is in the trenches, right? So we are the ones that know all of the good, know all of the bad, know those really highly confidential things that no one else knows. Mm -hmm. And it's like, a burden on our back, right? So it's like, like oh, I just want to get it out and you can't, right? So a lot of the conversations that you have, you know some things, you can't say them, right? But at the same time, you're trying to do right by the employee, do right by the company, and hopefully that there's synergies. They're, they they match up and they make sense together. Um, it's tough. It's very tough because your head's kind of spinning and yeah. figuring out, okay, I'm, I'm saying this. I hope it's not going to get anyone in trouble, the person I'm speaking to myself, right? Cause at the end of the day, we're employees too. Yeah. It's a tricky, it's very tricky to be in. Oh, it's not fun. It, it weighs you down. So how do you deal with that? Cause you, you <laughs> have, you have 
to take care of yourself too, right? Like yeah. your mental health and your emotional health. Like, so how much do you drink? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a wino. Um, I love me some, some Malbecs and cabs. Yeah. I it drink, must be really but, hard. but like, it's tough. Yeah. And yeah. don't use it as a coping mechanism. It's not good for you, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is hard and it's, it's tough and you have to have almost like, I like to say this expression a lot. It's separation of church and state, right? Yeah. It's making sure you're able to separate it. Tell yourself, Hey, you're not a bad person. You didn't just destroy this person's life. They're about to bounce back. You know, they're going to do better things. All of the expressions you have to tell yourself yeah. when a door closes, a window opens, yeah. you know? So I think it's um important to keep that perspective. I can only imagine, like I, I worked with HR a lot in one of the last positions I was in and there was lots of, you know, restructuring, which is layoffs basically. And I was just one department and knowing that, all this was going to happen and you can't say it. And like, it really weighs down on you and, and you feel, you know, Heavy. in a terrible, terrible position. And that's, you know, that was me handling my micro world. Like HR knows that about every single area in the company. Mm-hmm. And you have to be in all of those meetings. HR has to be part of those very tough conversations when you let somebody go or whatever it is that you have to do. So I'll tell you during an acquisition, there were lots and lots of synerg- uh, <laughs> synergies. Sorry, I keep saying the word, but it's, it's our lingo. It yes. is what it is. Right. Um, and I, I believe the organization that was acquiring us cut like 70% of the staff Hold out, leading. Huge. Wow. I was part of the team that was brought in on like a Saturday or a Sunday and say, Hey, tomorrow, by the way, we're going to need your help in doing this. And I was like, it was so heavy. You had no sleep that night. I did not sleep at all. I didn't sleep that week um, because it did take like a really emotional toll um, because you're impacting all these. Again, Mm -hmm. it comes down to the reason I'm in this is for impacting change in people's life. Not in that way. Yeah. Right. So happy because I was being kept right. (laughs) But yeah, sad because I was helping deliver this, um, very hard message, very hard message. And I remember even, even, um, there was like an outplacement organization Mm -hmm. that came Mm -hmm. in and the hardest part was that they were like, you're going to be helping like walk people to their outplacement. And I was like, and, um, and they're like, they're going to want to hug you. Don't hug them. Are you kidding? I, and I was like, don't hug I mean, I'm a hugger. Like, and you work with these people all the time and you're just like, oh man, it's going to be so hard. But at the end of the day, it makes sense. There's a rationale for it. Yes. It's just so hard from a yeah. human perspective yeah. to think that way and act that way. And it's very, very tough. But looking back after all those layoffs did happen and mm-hmm. anyone that we have impacted through a riff or a, a reduction in force or a layoff, they're doing great. Yeah. So it sucks at that moment but you continue to hopefully stay connected with some of those people, especially if they were your rock stars, your high potentials, you know, um, you keep in touch because you know that they're going to continue to rise mm-hmm. well, and go great. through that window. And when that door shut, yeah. See, that's a really positive, nice Aww, way. That's that's you're so sweet. But, but screw you guys in HR. <laughs> but I, no, I, I don't know. Us. I'm only going to say, listen, I've, I've, I've dealt with many HR people who are great people, but sometimes you don't, you just don't feel like they're as authentic as they really could be. 
you know? So I feel like they're guarded because they have to be. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for them to connect. You evidently have a really easy way of connecting with people. And that's probably what's made you a really successful Mm -hmm. HR person. But for some HR people, at least that I've encountered personally, it's really hard for them to bring down that barrier and feel a true connection. You just feel that they are working to do what the CEO or their senior leadership team Yeah, going wants. by the book. And, and it's like, whatever they want, that's what's going to happen. And there's like no true advocating in between. Mm. And like, you know, it's a hard position because HR ultimately reports to senior management. And one of the questions that comes up a lot is that, can you really be objective? Can you really be an employee advocate when, you know, you have to make you know, the CFO be happy with what he wants as well. It's, it's a hard position to be in. You're straddling all the time between two different worlds. And I would say it's not easy to find a company that has both of those ironed out and aligned, Mm -hmm. but I've been very lucky in most, again, I always say most organizations Mm -hmm. have had that alignment of talent first, people first. If you're in an organization where the CEO doesn't value talent and people don't come first, that's a, that's a red flag. And as someone who has had a very good share of employees that come to you and tell you different kind of things, um, what would you say are the do's and don'ts that employees should do when they approach HR? Yeah. So if it's common things like promotions and, you know, um, general, I've been in this role and I don't know what to do, do your research. What is it? What's your next step, right? Don't come to H pet peeve. Don't come to HR and say, What's open? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> right? So a lot of people come to us, to HR, thinking we're going to solve for them. No, don't do that. That is uh, prepared. career limiting because yeah. then it's like, okay, well, you don't know what you want. Career yeah. limiting. I like that one too. Career it's limiting. It's a good one. Yeah. Pocket. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think come prepared. Say, hey, I've done my homework. Hey, I've done this stretch assignment. Hey, I've been reading blah, 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 right? So all of those things show that you're taking action and owning your career. Ownership. Nice. Accountability. Uh, That's another good one. So if you come prepared and you're like, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I want to do. Here's my 12 to 18 month plan. The HR person's Mm going to listen. Yeah. Because you got your shit together. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's like, you're not whining. What do you got from me? It's like, oh man, come on. I don't don't know. What do you want? Question for you in terms of how how much HR is in tuned with like the bad apples within the organization. And even at a management level, like, you know how a lot of employees, if you know a manager has gotten complaints, like from different employees, you're you're like, oh, let me keep an eye on this person. Let me put them on a plan, blah, blah, blah. But if employees didn't come to you, do you guys have a sense for who the bad managers are versus the good managers? Like, how do you preempt (laughs) those situations? I must say this, there are managers that are really good managing upward and they have like a great, like everybody loves them that, oh, so good. And then the team just like like once, yeah, can't, is drowning. Yeah. Can you see through that or? Yes, (laughs) very easily because you, especially after years and years of experience, you get to see who really loves going to the top, always getting their buy-in, their support, Mm -hmm. but they leave their team burnt. They burn Mm -hmm. their bridges. They have constant attrition. They have constant complaints. What is tough is that 
you know, some organizations tend to say, maybe it's that they're just not good at this role. Let's shuffle them over here. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just not good at being a people manager. Let's remove their people, right? So it's it's certain ways of how do we adjust and maybe save this person's career because maybe they're just very tactically good mm-hmm. and you don't want to remove them, right? But you know, you, you know, you know who they are, you know how they work. You try different tactics to save them if they are savable. Otherwise, you know. Yeah, time to go. Time to go. And we have a few listener questions, which I thought were Ooh. really good. Um, I told you, everybody wants to know about yeah. HR. HR is oh, like gee. juicy, juicy. <laughs> so one of the questions is, what is HR graded on? Is it on retention? Is it on employee morale? So anything that is from a high level. So if it's build revenue by 20%, well, okay, HR is going to help build revenue by 20%. How? hiring more people, Mm -hmm. making sure that their, um, the org design is crisp, communications planning, all of those different things that have to fall within that metric. We're also involved in it. Okay. Should HR have an HR? Like what happens if HR has, like if you're an HR and you have an issue with your boss, that's the head of HR, where where do you go? (laughs) Yeah, we have usually like an ombuds person or an employee relations, yeah. Imagine those tough conversations. Wow. Okay. Um, but they are, they, that's what they're there for. I did not know that. Did yeah. you know that? No, I mean, I know some companies have. I didn't know that it was like. General. Um, yeah, it yeah. was general for everybody. Yeah. Like when therapists have therapists. Exactly. Okay. Um, and just uh, in on a very practical level, you know, for employees who are either interviewing their way into a new organization or interviewing within the organization for another job somewhere else. What is the absolute never, ever, ever do during a job interview? Or if you want to answer it in a positive way, what is the must that you should do during a job interview? Very good questions. Um, So I would say must do is I'll start with a positive because ray of sunshine. (laughs) So the positives is always interview back. So never just Mm -hmm. be an interviewee, Mm -hmm. interview back because then that shows that you want it. If you just sit there and someone's like, any questions? And you're like, no, I'm no, good. I'm good. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> so I, I always love inquisitive people. Um, I will always prepare my questions and they will always come up during an interview, right? So it's really good to ask those questions. Never not ask one or two questions. Okay. It shows that you're engaged and you want it. Otherwise- yeah, You've done your homework, you've done your research. Right. Like, You don't have to be like, I remember that the organization was created in 1973. <laughs> That just shows that you can read a website <laughs> and remember certain <laughs> facts because people have done that. I'm like, okay, wow, impressive. Okay. <laughs> but, but it's, um, you know, ask the, Hey, what, what's a day to day like in this, in this job? Mm-hmm. What's the culture like? What are the challenges of the job? Right. Things like that, that are telling of what the role will be is very important. What not to do. I don't know. I, I, I've seen so many interviews that have gone Spill, girl, <laughs> spill. Um, yeah. I hate the question about salary, personally. Yeah. So it's like, oh, what's the salary range? I hate it. I, It's conflicting, right? Some organizations really like to kind of ask it. Some people that are interviewed like to ask it. I don't like it. It's something that can be assessed a little bit later. Okay, know. so hypothetical. Mm-hmm. I'm in an interview. Is it good to say, if I happen to know somebody at the company, 
Oh, so I know. So like, cause I, that's happened to me where people have told me, oh, because I'm a friend of so-and-so like mm -hmm. the name dropping, the connections. Mm -hmm. it, what do you think about people who do that in a job interview? No, don't do it. <laughs> okay. Because what if the person that you're name dropping is not a high potential, mm -hmm. is an employee that it is leaving, right? Like it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. What if I, it's the CEO? Eve, oh, they will name drop a CEO. I mean, I, I've managed intern programs where- Really? It, yeah, where it's been, oh, but the CEO of this. And it's like, that doesn't make you better. I did want to say one more tip, a do okay, for please. the listeners. Take that leap of faith if you're thinking, oh, that job is, it's too big for me. Or, oh, that role, I don't know enough about it. I'm, an, I'm uncomfortable with it. Take it. If it's a skill set that you even have a little bit of, do it, try it out. Um, because you learn through failure. And if you're, if you fail at it, you'll learn. You may be amazing mm -hmm. at it. It's um, important. Take that leap of faith, take that jump, do it. Love it. Well, we still have um, a final part of our conversations and it's called corporate confessions. Okay, so we're gonna begin with this rapid, nope. rapid, rapid, rapid fire question section. Okay. okay. Yes. So it's, you know, just don't overthink it okay. or overthink it if it's, you know, something that you really need to overthink. <laughs> so let's begin with what is the best compliment someone has ever said to you? A thank you. Like, thank you for doing that. No one's, no one's been there for me before like that. No one's thought about us like that. This is you going the extra mile. Thank you, Jenny. For me, a thank you goes a long way. A genuine thank you. Cause I've had people, you go girl. Thanks. <laughs> thanks so much. And I'm Wait, like, you don't need to Would that be with right a now? gift? Because that might've been me. <laughs> no. Oh, I love a good meme. Um, because it's usually from the heart, but when it's like, uh, you just feel that lack of genuine. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, just don't even bother. Don't even. But like a thank you from, from people you're helping, you're helping them like impact their career. It's like, Aww. my pleasure. Are you getting that listeners? Can you please thank your corporate HR person? Thank your HR person. It's a very thankless job. It is. It is. It's true. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a very thankless job. Um, we don't get it enough. Right. Yeah. And it's not like I'm saying like, thank your HR people, but but thank you, HR people. Thank, thank <laughs> it's it's tough work, and, and thank your managers for also trying. Like that, you're going too far now. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, people. <laughs> and what is the shittiest thing this somebody has ever you. told you? Oh, this one again, not too juicy, but it bothered me so much. So I am someone who is on my email all the time. So I respond to emails constantly. When I'm traveling, I get a little behind because mm -hmm. I'm in meetings or I'm in a flight life, right? Or in, in some heavy shit. And someone once complained to my boss, Jenny's not responding rapidly enough. And it was like a day and a half. And the person who made the comment was in those meetings. So I'm like, why don't you just come and ask me? Don't be, don't be like a that. Jerk. Yeah. So that's so annoying. Um, but wait, wait, wait. I want to like know that. how you handle that. Did you send an email back? Did you? Well, I, I got a little <laughs> passive aggressive. I, I started, I think for like two months after that meeting, I sorted by his name. If there was ever something from him, I responded. Even if it's like, I need a minute, I'll respond to you shortly. Yeah, I know. People can get very, very particular about response times. And, and, and that's another one of our questions. That we're going to have to explore at some point. 
We use the term corporate wipeouts, moments that have been either very difficult and you felt, you know, that you're either failing at the moment or something that was extremely difficult or embarrassing. Anything come to mind and how did you surf through that? <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I think um, I and I it's something that we can probably all relate to is writing that email when you're really hot. Eileen has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> Glenda was my corporate editor for angry emails. Just look so at this. My advice, because it's happened where you write up this delicious, juicy email and you're like, I'm going to send it. But you know you shouldn't because it's career limiting. <laughs> <laughs> it was years ago because you you learned the, the tricks of the trade and you before you. So you sent it again. email. Oh, yeah. And I'm what, like, what did, response oh, did you get? I didn't. I, <laughs> someone hacked into my email. No, you have to own it at that point. It's like, I think it's moments like that, though, that make you stronger, right? Yeah. Because you, there's no backpedaling. There's no like, oh, I didn't mean to. It's like, I did mean to. Um, this is why it happened. This is what caused me to write that email. Let's talk about it. So it almost becomes like a cathartic moment that la cagaste, like you, <laughs> you messed it up. <laughs> did did it, that conversation happen? It did happen. And how did that go? What was the person's response? The, the facade came down. Okay. There was less t intense yeah. conversations because now we each knew how we felt. No one was holding back. The kind of anger continued from the other side. But then I also started stepping up a little bit more and being more okay with confrontation. And this was much earlier on mm -hmm. in my career. Mm -hmm. So I think it's moments like that you kind of, again, put in your pocket as that was a learning moment, write it in a word document. Don't put it in to an yes. outlook email because and you don't will put the name of the person. Don't ever. do it. Don't do it ever because then accidents happen and then you send it and you're like, <gasps> and then recalls don't work. They don't work because then the person sees it on their phone. Oh my God. I wonder what Jenny has to say. <gasps> that bitch. Right. So it's, <laughs> I need to uh, do better next time. Right. Hold my cards a little bit closer, but also manage it a little bit more maturely. You know, I, I have a random question as well. The PIPs, the famous PIPs, performance improvement, improvement plans. plans. Um, are they really performance improvement plans or just a legal tool to get rid of people? <laughs> I, if you are ever put on a performance improvement plan, it could be for several reasons because you're just not doing your job and someone needs to tell you you're not doing your job and you need to do your job within a certain amount of time. Or it's to really say, I don't think this is the right path for you you're failing at this specific role. Let's see what we can do. So it's really to help in your career, but at the same time, track it to make sure that you said, hey, I've had these conversations mm -hmm. with you. Not much more we can do because you're not trying. And what percentage of people that go on PIPs? Stay? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, that's, I don't know the percentage. I don't know the percentage, but I know a lot of people have been saved because of them. Really? Yeah. yeah that, that's interesting was, Yeah, if you don't know an exact number, is it a way for people to actually improve? Is it? Totally. Okay. I really okay. mean it. Yeah, it's, uh, it is, it, but it's scary because it's a, it's a no shit moment, right? Yeah. But you're like, oh my God, I am screwing up. This isn't going the way I'm, it's supposed to be going, but you're exploring your paths to be better. But if you're not doing great and you know it, watch out because- you're going to pip yourself out. You're going to pip yourself out because if, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't listen to the warnings, I mean, yeah, you know, and this has been great, Jenny, though, because I feel like you've dispelled some of the myths, mm -hmm. some of the perceptions and misperceptions that people had about HR. I just have one more question. Yes. The burning question. Well, don't, 
is such high expectations? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a normal question, but I want to know. <laughs> In, in, in your view, what, what is one or many things that people get wrong about HR? What are they wrong about? So early in my career, I remember being in an elevator, me being uh, full of a bunch of people from different um, organizations, uh, functions, right? I go in and they're all like, I'm like, what? They're like, well, HR's here. HR's here. And I'm like, Guys, uh-huh. I'm a, I'm a person. I'm a person too. So it's like, we're normal people. We're employees as well. We advocate for you. So know that we're not all corporate robots, right? That we actually do care. We want to make an impact. We want to make a difference. We're here for you. I wouldn't say trust us right away. Right. Because again, it takes time to trust and build it, but you can build that trust. Use us as your coach. It's Maybe you can be our serving corporate <laughs> HR person to give advice to people that are dear Jenny, dear Jenny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. It's it's really been an interesting conversation, and I think HR well function. done really can have a positive impact on the lives of many many people. I agree. Should I put that on a T-shirt? I was going to say. <laughs> I feel like this is very, go HR, look at us. Look at us, yeah, you've, 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 you've turned us. Surfing Corporate was produced and edited by me, Eileen Merciel, and made better by the ruthless feedback of Glenda Pakenins and Emily de Armas. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend or give us a sweet rating. It'll help us spread our incomparable corporate wisdom. If you've experienced a corporate horror story, please send us a voice note to info at surfingcorporate.com and tell us all about it. You might be featured in our Halloween horror special. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter at surfingcorporate.com slash subscribe for awesome curated content about corporate life. Thanks for listening. See you next week, corporate surfers. Hang in there. <laughs>